Hello and welcome to this month's Systrix with Candor. It is a collaboration between the wonderful people over at Systrix and us, the duo from the Search with Candor podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jack Chambers-Ward, and joining me, it's Mark Williams-Cook. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mark. Thank you for joining me. It's lovely to be back on Systrix's YouTube channel once again. We are back. It's September 2023. And oh boy, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> there's going to be some, yeah, there's going to be some hot takes, some spicy takes for sure. And there is going to be a lot to talk about because we're going to be talking about the helpful content update that has just been rolling out in September 2023. Systrix have got a lot of data about that. So we're going to dive into a lot of Systrix data and a kind of general reaction from the SEO community as a whole. And we're also going to be talking about a reaction to kind of the announcement from an AMA with Gary Eish from Google talking about how links are no longer a top three search ranking factor. Only two topics, but it's going to be a lot to talk about, I think. So should we dive straight in, Mark? Should we talk Let's about some helpful content update stuff? And as I said, fantastic update from Systrix. Of course, Steve Payne over there. Shout out to Steve and all the data journalists over at Systrix for doing fantastic work. You can go and check this out on systrix.com blog. And the links to that, of course, will be in the video description if you're watching on YouTube or in the show notes if you're listening to us on the podcast feed. They're so quick as well. I they know. They are like... They are on it. Yeah, Steve, Steve and the crew are on it. And a big part of that is the update radar, which I'll get onto in a second, because they know their data. They know their SERPs, and <laughs> Systrix know what they're doing when it comes to analyzing that data and kind of keeping an eye on the volatility. I know we talk about this quite a lot. We talk about when stuff starts bubbling and you see SERP volatility and all that kind of stuff. Systrix are really, really fantastic at that kind of stuff. And I'll mention it now. Why not? Let's talk about the Google update radar before we even get to helpful content boop, update boop, stuff. Boop, boop, boop. I took this screenshot earlier today. Thank you for the sound effect there, Mark. Is that what radar sounds like, I guess? That's a little news alert. <laughs> uh, this is a screenshot I took earlier this morning. So uh, yeah, Google SERPs are churning. Looks like there's a major update. As we know, it's currently rolling out right now. So you can see the little graph there. That is a live graph that updates on a daily basis from Systrix. You can also change the country. So wherever you are, of course, we're based in the UK. So you can see the little UK section uh, just down there and you can get this delivered straight to your inbox there is a sign up button just below this graph here on this page and of course links for that as i said will be in the description and the show notes so you can get google update radar delivered straight to your inbox whenever anything starts churning and you want to be the first to know about it systrix are the people to go to and this is the place to go for it i think it's good to have as well that metric to give some external unbiased view of everything you hear in the echo chamber yeah, yeah so when you hear people saying it's a google update and you're like is it big is it affecting lots this is like a an objective way you can you can see what the flux is like rather than just trying to listen maybe anecdotally to a few people that are quite noisy yeah we'll, we'll get onto the noise and the chatter <laughs> from uh, twitter linkedin and all other places as well but i think this is key right you're totally right you can see the volume, the the sheer like size of that peak that's just the happened. Waves. The waves the are waves. are big in late September. There was uh, that was the helpful Compton update in July as well. So you can see some uh, churnings coming through there. And of course, you've got the core update in August, just towards this. You can see the sort of twenty eighth of August kind of peak there as well. But this data from Steve dives into a lot of different things. We've got a lot of different losers, and we'll talk about winners in a way. So 
particular losers. I know Steve pulls out a few different examples. Pondinformer.com is not something I was particularly familiar with as a person who doesn't know anything about ponds. I'm not going to lie. Are you are you a pond man, Mark? Do you know much? I don't. I don't really know what that question means. <laughs> but, um, Am I allowed uh, to ask this in a professional I setting? Don't have a pond. Um, no, I've never, I've never heard a pond informer. Cool. It, it sounds very authoritative and helpful. Yeah, it must inform you about ponds, right? In, in the pond niche, it must be very informative. <laughs> um, yeah, lots of different highlights here from Steve talking about the most of the significant domains and and some insignificant ones as well. In terms of, I'd never heard of them, but they have lost a significant amount of visibility. And something I thought was very interesting, a lot of people losing, not many people are winning. And I think this is a big conversation to have. And this is kind of going to be our first topic about the helpful content update is, as Steve mentions here, where there are losers, there must be winners. However, the issue here is the update appears to be focused on removing poor quality content rather than boosting good content. As a result, when the poor content is removed from the SERPs, there's a simple backfill as existing URLs rise to fill the gap. And I think that is something I have seen pretty consistently from a lot of people talking about it, from Glenn Gabe, from Lily Ray, from a lot of people who, again, use Systrix data to do this analysis, and people I really trust for SERP analysis and, and SERP update data as well. So the unhelpful content update, they, I saw someone call it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll coin a new term, shall we? Yeah, exactly. One, one thing I did actually see uh, that Lily Ray, I believe, flagged, and I went back and checked the May announcement Google made about updating their mm. search systems in regard to helpful content. And this snippet says, this was posted back in May, helpful information can often live in unexpected or hard to find places. A comment in a forum thread, a post on a little known blog or an article with a unique expertise on a topic. Our helpful content ranking system will uh, soon show more of these, quote, hidden gems on search, particularly when we think they'll improve results. Now, that hidden gems <laughs> part of the update apparently isn't implemented, isn't deployed yet. So they're, that, take, they're taking away without giving, essentially. Yeah. Right, so it right. goes with what Systrix and what Steve's analysis is showing there, which is there doesn't appear to be many winners. It's just penalized one. I'm going to steer away from the word penalising. <laughs> it's dangerous it's, territory there. Yeah, yeah, because it's not a penalty, but it's, um, you know, re-ranking, shall we say, the sites that it thinks are unhelpful rather than these hidden gems. So I'll be really interested to see if we do see, like, some swing on other sites, because my anecdotal observations have been that I think, like, a lot of people were seeing a lot more UGC, a lot more user-generated content. Very much so, SERPs. yeah. But it has been, and this is anecdotal, obviously, and it is very early, a lot of the time from bigger UGC sites. So lots of people have mentioned there's been a lot of discussions around Reddit. Um, I've certainly seen, and I think we've got some examples of Quora. We have indeed. There. Um, I mean, <laughs> I think Google should just hard code it. Like Google, if you're listening, this is a free one, right? They should just hard code a thing where it's like, when we've done our update um, or when we've updated our system, our ranking system, if we're showing more results from like Quora and Pinterest, it's probably not a great update. <laughs> I remember those are like the two sites, Pinterest more than anything else, but I have done Quora as well, where you do the site operator minus that domain, please. And God, that just, that saved my life. When I found out I could do that like years ago, like, 
I cannot see Pinterest, where it's it's an image sending me to a link of that image on another site. But then like, you have to oh, log in. Oh, God, going three steps to get an image when I could just get it in one drove me insane. So, yeah, if you didn't already know that, folks, there's a pro tip there for you. <laughs> Use site colon minus and then the domain. You can get rid of Pinterest. You can get rid of Quora and stuff like that. In There's your... some Pinterest SEO watching this absolutely raging <laughs> out. <laughs> sorry if you're the head of SEO at Pinterest. I'm I'm very sorry, but it was the bane of my life for years. So tough. Uh, yeah, let's go into some couple of examples that people have highlighted across Twitter, LinkedIn, stuff like that of some really unhelpful content, <laughs> to put it bluntly. I love but... these examples, but I... <laughs> Again, I'll give the caveat of people watching. Obviously, Google's serving billions, trillions of results. So these are always going to be cherry-picked. Yeah, they sure. are super interesting. Absolutely. Let's dive into, are there any countries in Africa beginning with K? Can you name any countries in Africa beginning with K? No, you can't because no, they don't none exist. exist. While there are 54 recognized countries in Africa, none of them begin with the letter K. The closest, of course, is Kenya. <laughs> which starts with a K sound, but it's actually spelled with a K sound. Uh. It's always interesting to learn new trivia facts like this. I love the little addition there, and you're like, hold on a minute. That little extra sentence at the end there, <laughs> that smells like AI, and you go on emergent mind. Surprise, surprise, it's a chat GPT. This is the entire page, by the way. This is not me cropping it out. This is not me doing a little like sneaky screenshot of like, oh, I'll get rid of all the rest of the page content. This is the entire page. It is a, for want of a phrase, quote from ChatGPT on a page, and that is it. And yeah, Google, like, yeah, yeah, feature snippet for that one, mate. That sounds great. <laughs> and that's it, still live currently. I checked this just yeah, before the podcast. I took, I took this screenshot yeah. about two hours ago. Yeah, yeah so recording. we can see the Google celebrations in the top of the screenshot there. So it, we, we know the date. It's like today's newspaper. Exactly. In the yeah, start. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're doing our little verification thing of like, yep, yeah, we're recording on Google's birthday. <laughs> but it's interesting, right? Because it is serving up these things, particularly for feature snippets. I think this is where we've seen most of the the weird stuff. We saw it with title apocalypse stuff. We we've seen it previously with a few other weird ones. I remember the uh, the example we always always bring up, but it's the most stark interest that always kind of scared me was the uh, stick your fingers down someone's throat if they're choking example. Because uh, we, I've worked with clients in the medical field before, so I'm always kind of paying attention to that, especially from a YMYL perspective. We've got clients here who are in the YMYL. I've worked with clients before who are in YMYL. And medical stuff in particular gets highly, highly scrutinized. And it was just the most bizarre, insane like recommendation where it perfectly snipped out the important bit of like, do not stick your fingers down that person's throat. And was just like, yeah, stick your fingers down their throat. It'll be fine. Come on, Bert, where are you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, we're learning that there is no African letters, uh, African countries beginning with the letter K. And you can kind of see that this is pretty easily manipulated, right? And the other example a lot of people were talking about is, can you melt eggs? And if I had taken this screenshot a few hours earlier, again, the kind of time stamping ourselves here, we're recording this obviously in September 2023, uh, the feature snippet was like, yeah, of course you can melt eggs. And it was a Quora result because you can see the Quora result down the bottom there, if you're slightly to the, to the side there, that did say, oh yeah, you can melt it, blah, 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 blah. And it was the Quora. Thankfully, Ben Jedwards over at Ars Technica showed up and purposefully wrote a, an article and I, I will again link it in the show notes link it in the description below if you're watching on youtube it is a kind of like 
analysis from a tech perspective because Benj is a brilliant writer about AI and machine learning and stuff. Highly recommend you go and follow Benj as well. Specifically looking at how he could essentially fix this problem. And he literally says, in case Google indexes this article, just for future reference, no eggs cannot be melted. Instead, they change form chemically when heated. And then this is the link here. And like I said, this is a, a fuller article than just, ha ha, I'm messing with Google. Like, you know, in a way that you did when you created well, however many arms you had from your blog many years ago. Uh, this is actually a pretty interesting article. I think it's something the team at Ars Technica and Benj are going to build upon because this is going to be a big discussion, right? How AI-generated content is then feeding back into itself and it's becoming this weird Ouroboros type thing where Google is using AI to sample AI and then building an AI answer from that and everything is just kind of referencing itself and it's all a bit all a bit weird. But thank you, Benj, for actually kind of providing some useful information and, and kicking the bad, weird, yes, you can melt an egg out of the SERP. I saw a few uh, pedants come back with like, well, you could freeze an egg and then freeze the inside of the egg and then technically you could melt it like in a microwave or something. I'm like, come on, let's be real here. Um, but yeah, I thought this was an interesting thing to talk about because in the advent of AI, the age of AI that we're in now, so much chat GPT stuff, I even saw some examples where the like favicon that was being shown or the, the logo that was being shown on the SERPs was the chat GPT logo instead of the site logo. They're like, mm, I think you might be giving yourself away there a little bit. So let, let's talk about it, Mark. What are your thoughts on this? How are you feeling about this quote-unquote unhelpful content update? And how do you think Google can handle it from the you know, perspective of so many SEOs freaking out going forward? So Steve, in his analysis, highlighted that Google have now been very specific in they don't care if content's written by humans. They're just more concerned about the quality. Um, I think it shows that they're still not there in terms of um, the LMs that AIs we're using don't have common sense. We can't AI check common sense yet. Um, <laughs> So there's going to be problems. There's going to be gaps like this. I mean, we've discussed previously, um, probably several months ago, about there was that whole SEO strategy emerging of um, pretty much, well, if Reddit or Quora ranks for it, you can probably get a proper website to rank. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think some of the loudest complainants about the HCU have been the last breed if you like of the niche site owners <laughs> oh, who, it has been kicking off with yeah, the niche site owners that's for sure and i think that you know whatever stage google's at there's always you know cracks in their approach right and naturally everyone's kind of swishing around testing things <laughs> and those cracks get filled and then like now we we had all these niche sites pop up and we've talked about it at length about zero volume keywords about the type of content google's ranking and they had some great success with that and now google's obviously kind of been especially i think with ai the problem's been magnified massively yeah. so google's like well now people can churn out all this content so quickly it seems to be annoying our users i'm guessing this is what they've also said about people searching for specific sites like Reddit because they're not getting the results perhaps that they want. I'm sure Google has looked at that. So they've had to kind of work out another way of doing it. And as I said, at this stage, it seems they're super heavy on 
UGC, which fits in their template of their statement of we want firsthand experience, content written for humans, you know, because no one leaving a Reddit reply is doing that for a search engine. They're, they're trying <laughs> to reply to the person, right? And I think that's fine. Part of the problem with that is though, just because it is unique and it's written from someone's experience doesn't necessarily mean it's good. Yeah, um, or correct. Or correct, <laughs> yeah, because people are very fallible, especially when they're not, you know, experts. And I was having this discussion with someone saying like, I'm not a fan of more Reddit answers coming up in the SERPs because, and I'm as someone that does use Reddit to append my search. Oh, like a search modifier kind yeah, of thing. Some, yeah, yeah, sometimes. So if I'm doing something, I might do a search and then think, well, I want to see what discussions are happening about this. So then I'll add Reddit onto the search. However, I know that Reddit exists. <laughs> so, and it, it nearly didn't for a little uh, while, yeah, to but, be fair. <laughs> but it worked. But my point is, like, Google works when I say, show me the Reddit threads for yeah. this. What I don't want Google to do is just for the generic search to give me Reddit. I want you to try and find an expert because generally if I'm not looking for a human, i.e. layman, anyone written point of view, I'm after some kind of qualified or expert, which to me is what the whole eat thing was. So I don't know. I think at what we've got at the minute without this hidden gem stuff is a little bit problematic because it is this great unwashed approach and people are fallible and even kind of reddit hive mind stuff has got some very it's very biased oh, yeah. not necessarily in a good way yeah. for a lot of subjects so again i think there's dangers there even you know there's dangers of ai and there's <laughs> there's dangers of most of your answers coming from you know very polarized communities of people yeah reddit is an interesting one because i think so often it does provide interesting, unique perspectives and, and things like that. But you're totally right. There is so much bias in that community. And don't don't mishear me there. It is a community that Reddit does not represent the entire internet. Like a lot of people I know do not use Reddit. And we talk about we talked about it, I think it was last month as well, the whole kind of like search power user type. Us as professional SEOs, I'm sure a lot of you watching and listening to this. You know search. The reason you're watching and listening to this is you probably work in search marketing or marketing in general. You're kind of aware how Google works and how to modify your searches to find particular stuff. My mom and dad have probably never used Reddit. They may know the word, but not really know, oh, is it one of those forums or something? Like They may have no idea what it is. So they would not do somebody like yourself, Mark, who's been on Reddit for, what, 10, 15 years at this point? Reddit? Yeah. Oh, near a 20. I near think. a 20, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like your SEO and Reddit careers, just like... Well, <laughs> how, how did you learn SEO if not for Reddit? <laughs> good, good for r slash big SEO. That's the answer to all our questions. But yeah, I think it's an interesting thing because, again, you're totally right. Like, I would do the same thing. If I want something Reddit, I will search Reddit. But if Reddit is the right answer and the person is not searching for that, how does Google then kind of balance it out? And I think you're totally right. Maybe we'll see this balance once the quote-unquote hidden gems, as uh, Lily Ray pointed out in the official Google statement, once they rise to the surface and actually start kind of seeing the positive sides of this update rather than the swathe of negative stuff, I think we might see a bit more of a balance where you're not just seeing weird stuff all the time. You might see some actual good results and some improvement. But it's such a swing in one direction at the moment. I feel a bit like, how long is that going to take? How realistic is it? Is it going to take another six weeks? Is it going to take another couple of weeks? Like, how are these SERPs going to recover? Because there is some objectively wrong information that, and I've only used two examples. There are a million examples 
I've seen plenty of other ones on Twitter, but those are like my two, the first two I saw that kind of caught my eye and made me laugh. And specifically, obviously, because Benja Ars Technica kind of was able to correct it so quickly and get indexed so quickly for his feature snippet as well. I think it's an interesting conversation because of the spam of so much of the niche site people and oh, that's a whole well, I mean, for, community as well. As well. For, yeah, for... Um... For like transparency here, we've mentioned on the podcast before. We one of our side projects is our little uh, Dungeons and Dragons oh, yeah, site, right? Absolutely. You're wearing so, you're wearing a t-shirt right now, in fact. So, um, <laughs> so you know, we set this site up kind of beginning of the year time, um, and we've written briefs for this. Um, I've written content for it. Yep. I consider myself pretty knowledgeable. Yeah. D and D. I played it. I've since proofread the stuff. I've yeah. been playing D and D for. Um, 12 years now something like yeah. that so, and yeah. we've we've paid people who have got a lot of experience in the game to to write content for yep. it and i genuinely think the content yeah. is is pretty damn good i remember we highlighted um, a particular article we're talking about like just how good it is and how it brings that first-hand experience yeah to yeah, it. yeah it answers yeah, all yeah. of the double eat signals that you'd expect exactly. because it was saying stuff that you wouldn't know unless you played D&D. absolutely um and you know that's had like a 75 percent traffic loss mm. since this update um, which I'm I'm completely fine with, you know. Like <laughs> it's not um, the, it's not running candor. It's not yeah, the business. Like, it, we won't be shutting down the studio know, was, next week. I was chatting. <laughs> I was actually chatting to Lily Ray about it. I sent it to yeah. her, and we're having a discussion about it and why this might be. And you know, I'm really thankful because all of our clients, as far as I'm aware, haven't been negatively affected by this update, yep. which means what we're doing as a as a whole is good. Um, <laughs> you know, this site was interesting to me because it basically didn't have any links. Yeah, it was very niche. Um, but the fact is, in my opinion, Google is doing something wrong because if you get a human who is interested in that subject to look at our content versus what ranks, I'm pretty confident a lot of the time they'll say we have the better content because what is ranking a lot of the time above us now is UGC on big domains, on well-known domains, um, that fails on all kinds of counts in terms of (laughs) the, the, depth and uh breadth of the content and just some really poor experiences in terms of performance and ads i'd be interested as i say what this hidden gems thing does and to be honest i think um and we'll talk about this in a minute i think links will fix it yeah yeah um but it's super interesting to me just to be i like i love it when i am affected by these updates (laughs) because i've got really good you know, first-hand data we yeah. can we can dig into then and understand why it's happening. Definitely, definitely. And I think data is the key here. I mentioned it at the top of the show when we're talking about Systrix, how powerful data can be if you have the time, if you have the resources to experiment and try out new stuff. As much as I don't like to see our D&D side drop off by 75%. Yeah, it'll come back. It, yeah, it's an interesting thing, right? It's an interesting look into that kind of side of things. And I even had like anecdotal evidence from friends of mine who were doing searches. Like people were tweeting at me like, "Hey man, do you and Mark run this site?" And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's one of the kind of like side projects." Like, "Oh, I got some really good I, I was DMing and I had to quickly search a thing and you guys popped up." It's like, "Oh, yeah, cool." Not anymore. Not anymore, Welcome right? Welcome yeah. to Quora. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to incorrect D&D and just quotes from Jeremy Crawford probably bless him. Jumping back really quickly, I don't yeah. know if you saw um Reddit has start opened a program now where they're going to start paying people to do uh, content. Basically. Oh, interesting! You can trade kind of like, in for like real Twitter, cash, not crap. So yeah, <laughs> live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I think there. <laughs> anyway, should we should we talk about? Let's talk about some links. links. You teased it earlier, and it is going to be another big discussion. So let's talk about links are not the top three Google search ranking factor, says Gary Ish. Google's Gary Ish said people overestimate the importance of links 
saying they haven't been a top three ranking factor for some time. This is from Danny Goodwin over at Search Engine Land. This is a write-up of an AMA that Gary did uh, earlier this week and kind of builds on a lot of stuff that Google has been saying. They take examples there from 2016. I know you shared something on social media across LinkedIn and Twitter and stuff as well, talking about how links are important. They're going to be less important in the future as rank brain develops and as we understand content and all this kind of stuff. Google have been sat, like saying that message for years and years and years at this point. But I think specifically giving it a number is such an interesting part of this to me, to definitively say, ah, it's not top three is such an interesting really? part of it. And then people coming back and saying like, well, content is number one. Like, what? well, yeah. But yeah, you, <laughs> so, need, you need stuff on uh, your page. Let's go, let's go back there. So um, <laughs> I rate you, Jack, oh. as a person, yeah, uh, as a 38. Okay, cool. Brilliant. Out of what? Exactly. Exactly, so, yeah, yeah. top three, <laughs> it's like, people are like, oh, links aren't a top three factor. Well, what what's Gary got in his mind in terms of ranking factors? Is he thinking there's two hundred, the exactly. classic number? Exactly. Is he thinking there's ten thousand? Because if it's in the top five of ten thousand, that's pretty important. <laughs> if it's the top three, he's out thinking of like uh, 10. Gary's secret seven ranking <laughs> factors, not so important. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the content the content thing you touched on there, we we talked about this. Like, it really just makes me want to grate my face against the desk <laughs> when someone says please don't do um, it on camera <laughs> when someone says well content is in the top three and it's like to me having a website what helps else, you rank what like, else yeah. is there apart from content that's the whole reason people go to your website and to me it's like saying oh one of the top three factors in this car moving is the engine <laughs> <laughs> right and it's like we're all in a competitive race and you're saying yes yeah, so, um we really want to make um have a good engine and it's just like what about the engine <laughs> what specifically needs to be tuned in the engine like what's important about an engine is it the size is it like it's, to me it's the same question for content you can't just say it's the content. The like, content. What yeah. about the content? Like we've we've had, you know, there's all the discussions about, you know, the lane match keyword density length, but then there's like content quality. How do you define that? Because if you can't define it in a metric, how is Google gonna and, you know and Google specifically say they don't do that. Like people use domain authority and all this kind of stuff, right? And like, oh, we're gonna put a metric to a thing to make sure that this is the most author the authority score or whatever, all these like third party. I mean, Google must have metrics, right? Because there's maths yeah. happening there. Yeah. So yeah. there's metrics and we may not be able as humans even to, to use them. But my point is, if you can't define what facets of content make it good, then that's, that's the factor. It's yeah. like, yeah, the, the content's the subject. So anyway, I just find that really <laughs> frustrating Me when too. it's just bound up in the content is important. It's yeah. like, yes, yeah. we know that. Yeah. It's always been important. I think this is something you have mentioned many times on the show before is, sure, people sometimes do overestimate the power of links, but I think it is still such an important part of this. I know I'm literally going against what Gary from Google has said, but I have seen evidence of sites that are just chock full of links but rubbish outranking good, and then maybe it's again tying into this uh, recent surge of good, good quality content dipping down and some rubbish rising to the surface but i think there are genuine examples from people talking about how a bunch of good links or just a high quality links or high quantity of links even 
can force a essentially force a mediocre site to rank well compared to a site that is written by exclusively by experts and it's brilliant and it has no links. Our, right. our D&D but site was kind of an example both, of that. Both right? these things, though, can be true, right? Which is that links can not be in the top three, in the top ten important ranking signals for Google, right? However, for SEOs, for things that you can control that move the needle, I would say links is definitely in the top three. So yes, you know, even if you want to say content is content. important, <laughs> Google still doesn't know you can't melt an egg. <laughs> Right, so <laughs> so you're not going to convince me that you know it it doesn't need you know it can't tell the difference between say we'll make we'll, we'll we'll make it easier. Google will say cannot tell the difference between very good content and excellent content. Sure, it's really easy for Google to tell the difference between rubbish content and good content, right? Yeah, and that's very good because I would say ninety nine percent, probably more, of the content on the web is rubbish. Is yeah. not good, and you know a lot of it actually is just spam. Right? Yeah, there's absolutely. so much bot spam. Absolutely. So yes, that you know Google is doing ninety nine percent of the job with all of those content signals, but as SEOs, where we are all competing is definitely all in this 1%. Yeah. And once you start getting into this 1%, it's incredibly difficult for a human as well, actually. If you took a random person and said, is this website better than this one, you'd probably get people give you different answers, yes, right? So yeah, yeah. to get a machine to do that is incredibly difficult, right? So, but one thing you can always objectively measure a lot easier is links and are they good links and are they relevant mm. so for me that's why i think that we get this kickback when gary said something like this because as seos of all the things we can control because we're all competing roughly in this top one percent of good content you'd hope so you'd hope so <laughs> yeah um we don't see that much change when we you know we 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 put in you know, double the amount of time to make our content 5% better, but yeah. Google doesn't recognize it. Yeah. However, we put time into building links and it's a definitive like tiebreaker. And then we're like, oh, actually I've, I've tripled my traffic because we've yeah. gone up. Tiebreaker, I think is the key here. That's a term we've used when we talked about Core Web Vitals before as well, right? Like it's not a huge thing. It's not going to suddenly shoot you from, you know, completely not ranking to being first. But when it comes to that highly competitive stuff and Google have said as much, this is where they really drill down into the different factors and the, the important bits that aren't just kind of the main things that they will use in their algorithms and in their metrics. You look at things like, okay, let, now let's have a look at these link profile between they're essentially the same quality. It's both written by an expert from one country and an expert from another country who seem to have, they both have, for example, PhDs in this subject or whatever. Like, they're and there's both all the single quotes from ChatGPT. <laughs> At this point, probably, yeah. One's Bard, one's ChatGPT. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, say every, all the everything is the same essentially. Links are still going to make a difference, and I think you're totally right. It's the the worrying about things you can't control thing. This is the opposite of that. Of links are the things you can control, and that is such a key factor here that I think a lot of people are kind of skipping over is. The fact that there are entire companies that specifically build links for sites and have case studies that prove that this works, and we have an entire department here at Canda. Most agencies around the world who work in SEO and link building and stuff have entire departments, or at least you know, freelance professionals, all that kind of stuff. There is an entire industry around this thing. 
it it works and it's hard to kind of yeah just kind of put a random number on it and be like well it's top it's not top three i was like okay does that mean it's a very close fourth again out of your ten thousand different factors or is it number 12 and you should only really think about top 10 putting that number in there i thought was a weird choice but people ask though and if this is where i feel sorry for google because people ask you know these and we've actually talked google's talked about ranking factors before and how they can um lean on each other and act as like levers and magnifiers for each other right so it doesn't even make sense i would i would posit that saying it's number three in importance i don't think factually that probably even makes sense as a statement but people ask these kind of questions and if Googlers don't give them some kind of direct answer then they get accused of being vague and avoidant <laughs> oh, we have to read between the lines yeah they're Typical like it's propaganda yeah. i just don't think it's a you know it reflects the complexity of the system that they're helpfully normally trying to explain to us yeah definitely i think there's a there's an element of complexity there where it's nigh on impossible to boil this down to like you said like let's take gary's top 7 ranking factors or whatever like Google have talked so much about their ranking systems. They tell us about these things, but there is so much going on, the layers and layers, the the tip of the iceberg kind of thing, right, of how much is going on behind the scenes with Google and what they're doing and with other search engines as well. I know we're obviously focusing on Google this time because there's been a lot of chatter around it, but this is true for other search engines as well to, to a much smaller number considering how much bigger Google is than everyone else. But yeah, putting numbers on things I think is tricky, but you're totally right. You get the exact opposite of like, ah, oh, John Mueller, he won't answer a question. He's dodging it like a politician or or Gary or whoever or, or Martin or whoever it is are trying to like dodge the question. And maybe it's because it's very, very complicated and they don't have an hour and a half to sit down and like go through absolutely everything. And chances are they don't know everything because no single person would know every single factor of an entire algorithm because... That's not how algorithms that have been built over the last 25 years. Happy birthday, Google. Uh, that's not how it works, right? This thing has been built upon over the years for more than two decades now. And that means it's going to be super, super complicated and not just being boiled down to a handful of things. So that about wraps us up. There's some hot takes. We got we got a little bit fired up, I think. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen some uh, interesting data. So thank you once again, Systrix, for providing the fantastic data. Like I said, go to systrix.com slash blog if you want to go and check out Steve's post all about the helpful content update and the fallout from that. It is a live document that will be going and being updated. Once the rollout is finished, there'll be an update to it as well. So please do stay tuned for that. Of course, you can go to systrix.com slash SWC. That stands for Search with Candor or Systrix with Candor, depending on if you're listening or watching to this. You, it works either way. And uh, you can go and get the Google Update Radar there. You can check that just in the little free tools section. Or as I said, you can sign up, get a free trial and get access and delivered straight to your inbox as well. We'll be back next month, of course, with another episode of Sistrix with Kanda. Mark and I will be back. Maybe less hot takes. I don't know. Who knows what October will bring? Maybe it'll be a spicy month. I'm going away for a couple of weeks, so I dread to think what I'm going to come back to. (laughs) I'm going on holiday for the first time It'll be in years. the pizza box gift coming to everything on fire. From <laughs> yeah. That community? Yeah, it's community. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's uh, Donald Glover coming in and, uh, <laughs> in community. Uh, but yeah, fingers crossed everything doesn't burn down in the SERPs and in search while I'm away because 
you know, I'm just the keystone of the entire <laughs> SEO industry, apparently. Uh, but yes, we'll be back at the end of October for another episode. But please do stay tuned to Search with Candor. That is available on all podcast apps, including YouTube Music, because Google Podcast isn't really a thing anymore. So Spotify, YouTube Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, we are available there. Just search for Search with Candor. And we'll be back next week if you do subscribe. We'll be back next month if you're watching us on YouTube. Thank you so much for joining us. See you then. Bye.